If you would have asked me a month ago who manages your portfolio, I would have said, well, I do. I manage the direction that my portfolio goes. I'm active every day in it, but I've lost control of my portfolio. It's now being managed by Joe Biden, Vladimir Putin, and Xi Jinping. They're controlling the direction as far as the long term is concerned, but Jerome Powell is controlling the short term. I'm not really interested in the short term because that's a that's a Wall Street game and they play a 90-day game, and that'll take care of itself. Yeah, the government got over-exuberant, pumped $9 trillion into the stock market. Of course we have inflation. That will take care of itself. But what, what Joe and Vladimir and Zizan are doing is, is out of my control. So I have to react accordingly. I hear a lot of people saying, well, that'll take care of itself as well. I don't think it will. I think they will take care of it, and I have to react accordingly, and that means I have to do some things I'm not accustomed to doing. We'll talk about it in this video. Best of Us Investors presents Kerry Griegmeier. Let me start by saying that I went to uh, 60, 65% cash about uh, two weeks ago. And that's when I basically bailed on all my tech stocks. Amazon, Google, Microsoft, uh, Facebook was a bit earlier. And NVIDIA and uh, uh, advanced micro devices. I, I just basically said that what's happening with interest rates here in the United States was hurting tech. Tech wasn't going to do anything until that got put aside. So I went to cash. And as it turned out, I'm glad I did. Um, and But I kept my biotech stocks because, again, as I've explained before, I don't know when they're going to find the cure for cancer. It has little or nothing to do with interest rates and, and um, inflation. And it has absolutely nothing to do with Xi Jinping and Vladimir Putin. So I kept them. My, my issue then became uh, just like last night. Last night I watched 60 Minutes and I heard Joe Biden say that uh, if uh, Xi Jinping attacks Taiwan, uh, we're sending troops. Um, wow, that's going to make a big difference in my life and your life and particularly in my portfolio. So I said, wow, I'm glad I'm in cash. Then last week um, I, I heard of the the meeting between Xi Jinping and, uh, and Vladimir. I was wasn't invited, so I don't know what was said, but I was uh, I've, I've read and I've studied and I think I understand what was said. I believe that Vladimir, from what I read, actually asked Xi Jinping for troops to support him in his his quest to take over his segment of the world. And and I did, uh, I, I pulled up this map to kind of get my picture of where he's going and where he wants to go. And it was, again, his his belief that he would march into Ukraine and then uh, extend that into Poland and then go into Romania. And here you can see how that would put him in contact with two other sea bodies of water that uh, would help him in shipping. And more importantly, it would put him in, in contact with um, productive land, uh, farmland and, and industry and make him a bigger player in the European scene. He also would have gotten the largest uh, nuclear 
nuclear plant. He already controls uh, the largest supply of gas and oil. So I understand where he's going. And because of my readings, I also understand that once you get out of St. Petersburg and, and Moscow, he's he's basically got, got a dying uh, civilization. The average life expectancy of a man is 56 years old, a woman 58. Um, they have a huge problem with drug addiction and, and alcoholism. It's, a, it's an economy that is decaying. The only thing that I can find in the United States and that, uh, that comes out of Russia is vodka caviar. And we used to buy some oil from them, but we don't anymore. And so, and they're in direct conflict now with uh, Europe. But then at the same time, he's got He's got them by the short hairs. Uh, they they need their oil and their gas from Russia, and particularly this winter. And then last week, I see that um, uh, Germany repossesses, and that's not seized, some uh, assets uh, of Russia, including a refinery. And uh, that will probably be followed by other countries doing the same thing. So I'm asking myself, what is what is Vladimir's uh, option? He just got his butt kicked, and the uh, the uh, Ukrainian army got actually more weapons and and artillery and power uh, by throwing the rush pushing the Russians out of the country than they did from the Allies and the including the United States. So now they got all the weapons they need, and they just turned them around and heading and driving the Russians out, and the soldiers are are exhausted and and not so his his game is is falling apart. So then I sit back and say, okay, that maybe that's over, but I know he's got uh, strategic nuclear weapons. What's that mean? Well, we, we think of nuclear weapons when we think of the atom bomb that we dropped on Nagasaki and uh, Hiroshima and totally wiped out uh, a, a major part of their civilization and then contaminated the earth. Well, uh, Vladimir has some strategic weapons, and he could just blow up cities, and he's basically let it be known that uh, he'll probably, if he, if he goes that route, nuke Berlin, Warsaw, uh, Stockholm, Paris, and London, and basically say, game's over, guys. But what he doesn't know is, will they work? Uh, they haven't, they, we, we saw that he didn't have a well-maintained army uh, and, and, and uh, physical structure there. Are those nukes going to work? Don't know. Would it be a last, uh, a last ditch effort? Don't know. But I have to put that in that he's managing that part of my portfolio so I have to to make investment decisions so I went to seeking alpha and I'm 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 doing some research right now on um, how do I short uh, the the uh, European economy because as we go into winter, and they don't have electricity through the use of natural gas or power, they've got to shut down all their, their facilities, all their manufacturing. I mean, if Germany, in fact, cannot get, make power, they can't make Mercedes, they can't make Porsches, they can't make Volkswagens, they have to lay people off. It's, it's that old um, ping-pong thing that, you know, where you take the iron bowl, ball and it hits the other iron balls and it reacts the other way. So that will shut 
shut down the European economy. As that happens, what happens to the U.S. economy? We are intertwined. Remember globalization that's been going on for the last 40 years? Well, that has an effect. We have investments in. So Vladimir is controlling that part. Now, I, I don't think I'd get any argument with that, but I'm starting to get some feedback and some argument that, hey, uh, I think you're wrong about China. China's the second world's second largest world's economy, and, and they're going to just clean things up, and they'll be fine. They'll clean up their real estate crisis. So I, 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 I went to a source that I go to quite often, and that's the Wall Street Journal, because they have, in, they have in-depth reporters. They have access to things I don't have. And one of the guys I I like a lot is a young guy by the name of Dion Rabion. He's a Wall Street reporter, and he did a real nice about two-and-a-half-minute analysis of where China is right now and what they have to do. So I want to share that with you before I tell you how I'm actually investing my portfolio, the the 45% that I have invested right now, and tell you the stocks that I'm in because I believe I'm right. I believe I'm right that these three guys are managing the direction. I just got to find the stocks that'll take me in the direction they're taking me. So first, let me let me share Dion's words of wisdom with you. Chinese second quarter GDP growing at the slowest pace since 2020. And its government could be setting up a series of stimulus measures to help the country avoid a major slowdown in growth. I'm going to explain the problems we're seeing from the Chinese economy what the country's leaders are doing to try to contain the damage, and why these issues could be a problem for the U.S. and the rest of the global economy. Second quarter GDP growth, 0.4%, much worse than expected. And that now cements the idea that the government has no chance of meeting its 5.5% growth target this year. The biggest issues facing China right now are largely the result of government crackdowns. In an effort to slow speculation and debt accumulation, China instituted new rules in the housing market, limiting lending and land sales under the government mantra, housing is for living, not for speculation. The government has been aggressively enforcing its zero-tolerance policy on COVID-19 outbreaks, instituting mandatory lockdowns and testing whenever a new case is discovered. Chinese Communist Party officials have also taken aim in the country's tech sector, cracking down on planned expansions and breaking up companies deemed too large or powerful. In addition to government crackdowns, China is experiencing a generational heat wave and drought that have clipped the country's hydroelectric power. And who already sees slowdown in production in the steel industry and in chemical industry and in fertilizer industry. And those are very important things when it comes to construction, to agriculture, and also to manufacturing in general. All of that has led to dramatic write downs for growth expectations this year and pushed policymakers to take steps to buoy the economy. The People's Bank of China has lowered lending rates multiple times this year. And the government has introduced hundreds of billions of dollars in stimulus measures. In August, Beijing announced a 19-point stimulus plan to boost the economy. That followed a 33-point plan announced in May that was designed to stabilize the economy. But China's economy is still struggling. And as the world's number one trading nation, its weak growth could add to problems for the U.S. and other countries around the globe. To us, the most important factor outside of the zero-COVID situation is actually the housing. The dramatic slowdown in its real estate market is slowing demand for raw materials, and the shutdown in parts of its shipping industry is holding up global supplies. Chinese companies have received billions in loans and investments from Wall Street that may not be paid back if firms go under. 
China's financial sector is becoming much more tied to the rest of the world and could add to struggles American markets are facing with inflation, slowing growth, and aggressive policy from central banks. The U.S., which is a major consumer of Chinese products and has much of its economy supported by the financial sector, could really suffer. Okay. If, if you've been around my channel a while, you know that uh, about two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, I recognized that a company down in Louisiana, um, its ticker is LNG, Shenire Energy, is the largest um, manufacturer, if you will, of liquid natural gas. That is, they take the natural gas and freeze it down below 260 degrees. And at that point, natural gas turns into a liquid. They then also have access and own ships that they can put that liquid natural gas in, keep it liquid, and then ship it around the world. Well, as this all transpired with with uh, Vladimir, the need for liquid natural gas just skyrocketed. And, and I'm up, I think, about 6-7% on this, on it right now. There is some talk that uh, France and some of these people have have stockpiled uh, enough, enough gas that it won't, it won't blow the price up. But as I listened to the quarterly report on uh, LNG, I, I learned that they've already got sold just about everything that they can make. The only question is, what is the price? What are you going to pay for it? Well, we saw what happened when, when the gasoline company said, hey, there's a shortage of gas. Guess what? Price is going up. We're going to make the biggest profits we ever made in the history of our company. And they did it. And that was the first step to, wow, inflation is taking over. Yeah, well, there's also the $9 trillion that the government pumped into the economy, increasing the money supply by 40%. So it's going to go far beyond that. So uh, I'm, I'm invested in an LNG. I also believe that uh, the petroleum is going to become a weapon of war, so I'm invested in oxy-petroleum. Uh, I followed the lead of, um, of Warren Buffett. He owns 20% of the company. Um, Warren seems to do that. He gobbled up a railroad. He's just petitioned, um, I believe it's the NAS, NASD or whomever, to, um, to raise his, his holdings in, in oxy-petroleum up to 50%. So I feel I'm in a good place there. So uh, I'm, and then I'm shorting China, and uh, that's uh, YXI. And the, 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 the my feeling there is there, as as uh, Dion said, that real estate situation isn't going away, um, and that their drought isn't going away. And there and and then FedEx just told us, CEO told us, he's flying planes back half empty because he can't get goods out of China. And that's again because of the zero COVID policy, because of the drought, because of the financial situation, because of the real estate situation. I mean, how many situations do you have to have before you say, hey, this toilet's going to flush here and these people are going down. So, I'm shorting. I'm. I have never taken a short short position in anything in my investment career until I saw what was happening here. Now the other thing I'm exploring is how do I a short if in fact Vladimir takes the steps I think he is. Uh, how do I short the um, European? 
uh, stock market. And I found some, and there, there are some of these crazy 3X games that are basically built around futures, and I don't want to get into that game. I almost fell into that trap in trying to short China, but uh, I, d I don't want to play it. I'm not that big of a gambler. Um, I, I am a strategic investor. So that's where I'm at. The other thing that um, Peter Zeon, if you, do, if you haven't found Peter Zeon's uh, YouTube channel, uh, get to that after you read his books. Uh, you'll find links to them in the, in the description. And he, he was talking specifically about these tr strategic um, nuclear weapons. That scares the living bejesus out of me. Um, and, and if, if uh, Vladimir does that, He's basically saying, I give up. Uh, I'm just going to go out with a bang. I'm going to go down in history as the world's largest asshole and uh, um, self-destructive self, um, individual in the world. But I don't know. We don't know what he's, he's capable of. We don't know what he's, he might do. I guess we're all waiting for a coup. And uh, I've talked to some Russian people, and they've never said anything about a coup, but that's what has to happen. Either that or our CIA have to come in and fly a drone over and take him out. That's a bit, uh, that's a bit scary, too. Okay, that's, uh, that's my take on it. That's where I'm investing. Uh, we're at a pivot point. We're at a, we're at a point we've... I guess the closest we've ever been to this was uh, when Hitler was doing his dance in Germany. Um, and, and what you've got to realize is we push these people to this. Um, and and, and I, I, I'll say it. It's the United States. I mean, you don't find a Russian car, a Russian TV. You don't find a Russian microphone. Anywhere in our, we push these people to this, and then we're surprised the way they react. Uh, we 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 created the problem in China by our over exuberance to buy anything and everything that they make, just to keep the prices down, so I don't have to pay so much for my tennis shoes, my TVs, and and my socks. We create these situations. We created this inflation we have. It's just, I, I don't know. There are a bunch of idiots, and they just keep playing out their idiocy. Okay, that's my political take, but I'm not on either party. They, we, we raise idiots in both red and blue states, and... Russian countries and Chinese countries and, and everywhere else. But as I said in my video yesterday, let's make this a team sport and let's work together as opposed to against each other. Can't we sit down with Vladimir and say, Vladimir, how can we help you get past this? Talk to you again tomorrow.